This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Aaron P. Woods. Aaron, how's it going? Man, it's going good, Paul. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good. Yeah, no, appreciate you coming on. So you're the founder of uh, Pod PodPal. Could you give me a brief background of what PodPal is and then how you came about it? For sure, man. Uh, PodPal is the all-in-one podcast management platform. We make it easy for podcasters to plan, publish, and promote their show without all the stress and clutter, man. And I know you can relate with that because uh, you're one of the people that I interviewed when we were first kind of trying to go through the problem analysis and understand what podcasters really wanted. Uh, and so, uh, you know, how this idea came about actually was, you know, my wife, Tanya, was starting her podcast and she was trying to get her show off the ground and ran into some of those administrative burden of podcasting, you know, and a lot of podcasters are burning out because of all the stuff, man. It's, there's, there's not just sitting down behind this mic recording the show like we're doing now. You have to schedule me. We have to align, align our calendars. You know, there's, there's making sure that you have your show notes in place and, you know, releasing on time. There's a lot of bookkeeping and a lot of sort of organization for a, for a very productive show, you know, and, and a show that releases regularly. And so what PopOut does is really bring that organization, management, productivity uh, to the forefront of, the, of our application and make it easy for people to stay on track and, and keep making awesome content like we're doing right now. Yeah, definitely. Like I could just even going back to when I first started, it was just like funny because I just bought like a mic and then I was literally, I was just doing audio at the time and I was literally calling people and then I just put the the mic up to the phone, like straight up, like right. it's great. <laughs> it's crazy to think about now because it's just like funny, but um, that's how I was doing it at first. And then, you know, just like learning stuff. I mean, the same thing, like you said, like, just like there's so much stuff, like even I, I don't remember how long our session was, but I'm pretty sure it ran over because we talked for like probably like an hour or more uh, just about everything. And and um, right. so, yeah, just like crazy. And like and then, you know, like the other like, I guess, uh, myth is that people think like podcasting is easy to do. So right. that's like that's like pretty, pretty funny. Like, yeah, it's easy once you get it set up and mic'd up and all that. But then, like you said, like the after publishing and editing and getting it all ready and timing everybody up and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I know you uh, I know you have a tech background and you have an engineering background. So tell yeah. me tell me a little bit how you got into. Well, I'm assuming you went to school for engineering and then you got into tech. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's funny. I guess average to savage I, I, that does re relates. I relate to that that phrase quite a bit, even though I don't I don't ever consider myself average at any point. But uh, you know, I obviously could be above average. But but um, with respect to technology, you know, I was very average. You know, I was I started out in in uh, engineering, you know, structural engineering, uh, civil on the civil discipline, and so I was doing building design out in Seattle. Um, actually, one of my first projects was um, at to help design Amazon's headquarters out there in Seattle, which was pretty dope. Um, but, you know, that that's a completely different way of utilizing that problem-solving background than IT, where, you know, people are coding different languages, there's product management, there's all these other aspects of, of um, technology that I didn't really understand. And so I had to really grow in, in that, and the way I did that was, was really just starting, starting my own businesses, you know, being an entrepreneur, getting out there, and actively putting them put it into practice the things that I was reading about the things that I was studying uh, on the side, you know, while I was working for these other big uh, engineering companies. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I even did some research and and there's an article and it says not your average env- engineer. So it, yeah. it backs <laughs> it backs up what you said, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, I do feel like engineering is it, it boils down to this. It boils down to being a problem solver and being able to understand a problem well and then putting together a solution in a unique way that actually solves that real problem, right? And so as a, as a structural engineer and as a researcher back in college when I'm doing my master's and stuff back at UT, you know, I would be in the lab and have to do experiments and, you know, uh, iterate and, and try, to, try to continue changing different controls of the experiment to determine what was the actual solution. And so all of that has really helped me when it comes to the developing PodPal because, you know, I actually do have those fundamental skills. It's just that, you know, I wasn't utilizing them in that particular field. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. like somebody who plays, you know, who plays soccer, you know, who might have the agility, but they've never played American football, you know, but they, they also have a lot of agility and, and swiftness because of, of the type of sport that they play. So I'm, I'm trying to be an athlete, you know, and, and I consider myself that. So that's where the natural average engineer comes from. It's just being able to play multiple positions and use that knowledge in, in a very unconventional way. And so that's what we're doing now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's funny that you said that too. Just like I saw the, you know, like the quote that it says, like, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. But then, like, the the full quote is, like, uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but often better than a master of one. Mm. There you go. Yeah, so I like that, and I like that you said that because, like, I feel like, you know, uh, with all the things you've already done, you, I mean, you're a jack of all trades. So, and then just going into all this, I know you've been, you've been doing it since 2018, right? You created it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so now like, what is the, what has the journey been like just um, starting up your own business and um, like, what are some obstacles that, that you overcome and, and things of that nature? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't even know how to really, really, really start with that because like being a, as you know, founding anything and bringing up something from the dirt is very difficult. One of the biggest difficulties that I found is getting other people to believe in your vision, right? Mm-hmm. Like every, especially in today's society where, Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody has a side thing that they're doing. They're an influencer of this. They've got, you know, this content creation channel they're doing over here, this podcast. So, you know, going out and finding other talent to, to join you in the beginning phases, I find it's pretty challenging because people are pretty ambitious these days. That's just like, you know, the dream that's being proliferated all over our, you know, society and media. So that was really difficult. But I was fortunate to find a couple of humble uh, individuals who said, you know what, Aaron, I see what you see and I want to, I want to link up with you to help build this. Um, so, so, and that's a huge part of why we, why we're sitting here today with the actual working software versus last time I talked to you, which was, it was still prototypes and, you know, we were clicking around on, on basically screenshots. And so uh, I'm really grateful for that part of the journey and learning how to basically put my vision together in such a way that others could get excited about it, that they could get inspired and see that, wow, this isn't just, you know, some idea you just kind of came up with. This is pretty full, uh, fully fleshed out. Like I did quite a bit of, you know, research with folks like yourself. You were like one of 12 people that I sat down and talked with at, at length to really formulate the problem uh, statement for, for that, right? And so when I was going out and recruiting some talent, I showed them all that video. I, I actually put a, a condensed version of that together so that way they could see, wow, this is, this is actually pretty vetted. Like you went and talked to people, you did research, you spent some money on this. You know, if you don't invest in your business, you can't expect other people to invest in your business. 
And that goes to all the way down to talent, all the way up to investors, you know, so you have to put in the work and, you know, do some of that, do some of that grunt work and, and backleg uh, work so that way people can really see the vision that you see in your mind. Um, so that's been one of the things that's really been a big part of the journey. Um, I don't know, I guess, secondly, uh, learning, you know, obviously to hear no, uh, you know, learn, being okay with that, being okay with the fact that everybody's not going to see it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are going to say, you know, I don't, I don't really get it. Everybody doesn't have to get it. It comes down to you getting it and um, really making sure that you, you do take a, what I call a dispassionate evaluation of your idea, right? Because ideas are a dime a dozen. Everybody has ideas, but it's going out and validating is it a real problem? And is it something that you're solving in a way that people want? You know, you can't get caught up in just, oh, I love my baby because I had the baby. You have to see, do other people really understand, mostly your customers, does your customer understand what it is that you're trying to deliver and do they see the same value in it that you do? Um, I think that's really important. In terms of all the other naysayers or friends or investors or other you know people who may or may not see it that really doesn't matter does your customer understand it do they see it do they agree with it yeah yeah for sure i'm sure you got somebody said it and saying like yo what's a podcast <laughs> <laughs> or why do i need a podcast management system yeah. you know? yeah. and you know once you get into it deep enough yeah you'll you know figure, figure out why. i mean pretty, if, you, if you had to ask that question then you haven't done it enough times to you haven't done a podcast enough to to see it Right. Uh, but yeah, so what, what about like, say, what were your goals like when you first started in 2018? And like, um, and like, what, what goals, like, what are the new goals? Like, what has changed, like, since then, like, since launching and things like that? Yeah, I think the initial goals had to do with proving to myself whether or not this was an actual uh, need, you know, was this a real market need? Because, uh, again, if, if somebody doesn't, actually need it then you're actually fooling yourself you know mm -hmm. you build you know people are doing every day they're building stuff that people don't need and then they wonder why it doesn't sell or why they can't get to market or get the get the adoption or what have you is because they never really did a thorough needs analysis to figure out if they were even solving the right problem so that was goal number one am i solving the right problem um and then second one was to you know grow a team around it and actually get people to build it with me and so we got, I got that far. And so now the next step is really getting customer acquisition, getting people on the app, you know, getting people, helping people through, through what we've built, you know, having those testimonials of people saying, man, before I started podcasting with PodPal, you know, I was only releasing an episode a month and now I'm, I'm releasing an episode every week. You know, those are the type of testimonies I'm looking for moving forward uh, so that we can you know, hopefully convince investors and stuff that, hey, we, they should come along this journey with us and really, really blow it out of the water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know you've been to a lot of different like conferences and things like that. What what has been um, feedback you're getting from from the people? Yeah, you know, um, it's really interesting. The first conference we went to was uh, in 2019. We went to a conference called Podcast Movement. And during that conference, all we had was a screenshot of the software. Um, I had some little, you know, flyers that we were handing out, but we didn't have anything that was working, anything that people could actually sign up for. But that was, again, part of testing the theory of, 
is this a real problem? Is it, and is this something that people need a solution to? And during that conference, I think over the course of like three or four days, we had almost 200 people sign up for the app, just personal interactions that we had with folks. And then we didn't even have an app. It was just like, man, I want to be on the wait list for this. So there was a lot of excitement around the idea of this type of solution. So then you fast forward a year later or two years later, and we went back to that same conference as a presenting uh, company and hosted an event where we had another 200 podcasters show up and we're even more excited. And if you go to the pop out uh, Instagram page, you can see some of those testimonials of what folks had to say, how they were you know, really grateful to see an application like this come online and um, that they've been struggling with this sort of podcast management, project management, becoming an administrator of their show and not being able to release as much content as they really could if they had a system in place. And so a lot of positive feedback. We've had people sign up for the app since then. I've gotten a ton of emails and, um, and, and DMs uh, asking, you know, to meet with me and, and to learn more about the application. So uh, I think we accomplished our mission, you know, this last conference of really getting the word out there. And we're just hoping to continue to grow off of that. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, recently, I know you got two, two separate um, awards or, or grants, maybe you want to say. Um, you got the, uh, the Hennessy Never Stop, Never, Never Settle um, Society. And then the, I know you just, you literally, I think you literally just got the Google one too so tell me tell me a little bit about both of those and like how those came about and like what was like the application process or things like that about for sure yeah well big shout out to um joey womack from goody nation for putting me on to some of these uh options out there or opportunities i would say also jewel burks at google for startups um you know the hennessy grant came about because i got an email from from joey who's big in the um in the black tech community it was like, hey, Aaron, check out this opportunity. You know, this might fit you. Got it through an email, looked it up. and was like, man, this, this looks dope. This looks like something that really, um, that I think I have a chance of winning. So I put in the application online, uh, went through a couple of interview process. And next thing I know, you know, I was getting notified that we were one of 20 uh, companies to be selected in the US for this, for this uh, awesome award. Um, and then, the Google for Startups uh, award, uh, it's really funding more than it is an award. award. They, they don't really consider this one a grant as much as it is actual investment into PodPal. Um, that one, uh, I was part of something called Google for Startups at Atlanta Founders Academy, uh, in which uh, several founders in the Atlanta uh, uh, community uh, joined up with, with Google for an eight month, uh, somewhat like an accelerator program where they taught us about sales and uh, marketing and uh, ad placement and uh, how to grow your team and all those sorts of things. Uh, And at the end of that eight months, you become eligible to apply for one of their, uh, one of, one of their black founder founder fund. Uh, And so last year, the black founders fund was a $5 million uh, investment across, I think 60 plus uh, founders. And then this year they did another $5 million investment into 50 founders. So each of us receiving $100,000 in funding from Google. So that's a pretty big deal, you know, to have uh, the, the branding and the association and also the, the financial backing from such big brands like Hennessy 
and Google, the Hennessy uh, grant was a $50,000 grant. So in one month, we just brought in about $150,000 of capital to help push this business forward. And that's a big deal, given that up to now, we haven't had a single dollar come in the door. Um, you know, the, the folks that I brought onto the team, I exchanged equity to them. Uh, so they were working for equity in exchange for their time. And so none of us have had any kind of paycheck from this. You know, I've been running this off of me and my wife's investment, you know, from our own bank account, basically, you know, from day one, uh, running up credit cards, paying them down, you know, all that sort of thing, uh, because we believe in the vision. So to, uh, to finally have such big names in, in, in the industry come behind us and, and, you know, give us some good press as well as some, some coins in the bank feels good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and congrats on that. I don't know if I said that before. Um, but yeah, that's big. I, I mean, I remember I saw it, um, I don't even know. I think it, I don't know if the Google one came out. I think the Google one came out right after I, I messaged you. I said, let's get you on the pod. So that, right. that was dope. That was dope too, that that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like even, cool. even like the Hennessy one, I when we talked, I think I thought it was, I thought it was just like a sponsorship. So that's awesome that it was uh, bigger than that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually funding as well. Um, yeah. So, so with those two grants, like what, I know you kind of just mentioned, but what's your like, a big plan to use, use that money. Yeah. A big part of that is marketing, um, you know, user acquisition. Um, we fortunately been able to pay down a little bit of debt with that. Like I said, we didn't have any cash flow coming in to the business uh, for three years. So, you know, basically get us to the place where we can have the type of customers and the traction that we need to attract a bigger investment to really, you know, run this company the way it should be. So, um, that's the, that's really the core focus. Yeah, definitely. And then what's your, what's your approach? I know you just said you're investing more money into marketing, but what's your approach to acquire a, a new customer and like, where could people go to sign up? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, what's great is that, uh, you can sign up right now online at podpal.com, uh, for free that, that may or may not last too much longer. We have a free, free plan where if you sign up now, the first six episodes that you publish are hosted on PodPal and distributed, all that kind of stuff, absolutely free. So, and if you have an existing show, we allow for you to import that show, like Average to Savage is coming over after this call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can import your show literally in about 30 seconds from whatever, from whatever host that you're on today. So you, we're gonna be running part of that money that we're talking about, we'll be running like a Switch to PodPal campaign so people understand just how easy it is to switch. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I might have to become uh, some kind of ambassador. Or like, maybe I need like 1% or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, yeah, and then, um, like, what are, like, how many, is there, is there a number of podcasts, like, on the, on the platform right now? Yeah, we have, uh, I think, over 100 people already who are podcasting on our platform. Oh, that's we, we just, we just came out, like, a two weeks ago with the launch and haven't put any big marketing push yet, but yeah, it'd be a lot more before we know it. Gotcha. And what, what advice would you give to uh, another fellow entrepreneur, young entrepreneur, like trying to start their own business? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, read, definitely read, get, get some good books on your hand that, that you got to feed your mind first. You know, it's, it's all about a mindset. You know, if you don't have the, the mindset of an entrepreneur, you really can't walk in, in the spirit of one. So I feel like it starts with your where you're at mentally first. And some books that I would recommend include uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
the millionaire mindset. Um, start with why, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Um, and also uh, one of the books I'm reading right now or kind of poking through is called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Um, those are all really good starters um, just to kind of get your mind around how entrepreneurs think, you know, they're, they're not thinking about, you know, they're not overly consumed with, with, with risk. Um, they're not overly consumed with people's opinions, you know, what people have to say about things. And so just to kind of get that sort of, sort of mindset in you will help you along your journey. Um, so I would say definitely be a voracious reader. I wasn't that before, you know, kind of starting these companies. And once I started reading some of these books, it really started kickstarting me into into really walking into that purpose um the other thing i would say is um you know take a bet on yourself even if it's a small bet it doesn't have to be huge you know i think a lot of times people think oh i gotta have xyz amount of money before i can start my business like just take a hundred dollar bet on yourself you know honestly that was the first the first bet that i made on pop was interviewing you and several other people and if you remember I said, when I hit you up in Instagram, I was like, hey, man, I'll give you a $25 Amazon gift card if you'll just spend an hour with me talking about your problems in podcasting. Like, that was an investment. It was very small, but, you know, across the 10 people that added up to whatever it was, 250 bucks, right? So that was a $250 investment I made into my idea at that time to figure out if it was worth anything, you know, and small little investments like that uh, really help you keep going when it comes down to it, because then you start, your, your belief goes further when you're, when it's attached to something. So um, investing of your time, you know, your money, your energy, um, and also finding ways to like, to, to add value, you know, your business as an entrepreneur, everything shouldn't be all about you. You should be looking for ways to add value to others. So even on all those calls, those initial calls, and even this call, up to, all the way up to this very day, you know, the, our mantra, you know, on our shirt, pop out is a podcaster's best friend. So the entire brand is around being friendly and making sure that we're the ones extending ourselves to others. So if we're not, if I'm not doing that, then I'm really not living the, the belief and the mantra and the vision behind the brand. So, you know, have your brand, have what you do, uh, go beyond you, you know, and if it goes beyond you, I think it can go far. You know, if it's just in the context of you being, being an influencer, you know, you being great, you know, you being lifted up, you know, I don't, that's, that's just not how I get down, you know? And I think that most of the successful entrepreneurs that I know are much, add more value than, than they receive. And that's, that's really the name of the game. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset. You never told me that you played football at, uh, Jacksonville state or oh, yeah. 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 I didn't tell you that. Nah. So, oh, so, yeah. so tell me how, tell me how like maybe sports and like business, helped you out or just like the mindset because i know like you know they always say like athletes have like the uh the best uh work work ethic yeah yeah man it's it's absolutely one-to-one -one with everything that i do um yeah i play college football at jacksonville university I play free safety um i was number 27 definitely came downhill you know and did what i needed to do uh you know but um uh yeah that mindset man of i can still hear Coach Patrick, our strength and conditioning coach, I can, I can hear him in my ear every day, like literally in everything that I do, saying finish, you know, you know, finish strong, finish strong, execute results, you know, those sorts of um, 
those sorts of mantras that you just hear around the weight room and, and with your teammates, you know, last forever, you know, uh, even though those days are, are well gone for me, you know, um, the, the vision of them, the memory and the experience never leaves you. And so I definitely carry that into work and into uh, how I run my teams and just the spirit of teamwork. Um, you know, collaboration is everything. I think that a lot of people try to get stuff off the ground on their own. They don't realize the value of getting input and insights from other people. So working very hard to find teammates, mentors, coaches, anybody of that nature who is willing to share even a little bit of a nugget with you is extremely important. You know, coaching is, just, is, just, is it can't be, I can't emphasize that more. So as an entrepreneur, you have to like go and create that atmosphere for yourself. And that's difficult to do, but, you know, reaching out to someone who has more experience or, you know, a little time on their hands to like kind of give you that, that little jolt of, of energy or hold you accountable is, is really, really valuable. So, um, so yeah, absolutely, man. Couldn't, I couldn't do what I do without that sports history and background and, you know, not everybody's going to have that, but you can still create a lot of that for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, let's go. All right. What, uh, what's your favorite food? Um, I mean, I'm from the South, man. So, you know, I like fried chicken, greens, mac and cheese, all that soul food is really good. My, my favorite, absolute favorite food, I guess, is, uh, is really a sweet um, pound cake. All right. Uh, what, uh, what's your favorite song right now? Probably, probably dedication by Nipsey Hussle, even though that's kind of old. All right. still, that, that one drives me. Uh, that's what All I, right, I'll take it. Put on when I need to get ready for a meeting or something. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, spend time with my kids, uh, and play acoustic guitar. All right. You, you good at playing guitar? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff on my Not page. Not I'm average. Just not not average. Well, I probably am average. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what, what's something? Uh, what, what's something else like you want to do? Like, I don't know, entrepreneur wise, or like, uh, just like an, anything, like any other goals or anything like that. Like another another venture or something. Well, yeah. uh, personal goal would be to like, um, I won't say climb Mount Everest, but do something very adventurous like that, skydiving. Or, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a pretty adventurous person, but I, I don't have any big ones on my list. Like, you know, like going, I wouldn't go bungee jumping or nothing crazy like that, but I might do, I might do skydiving. Um, in terms of a, like a business goal or another venture, um, I think it would be really cool to, uh, to create, like, basically my, my son is on autism spectrum. And so he goes to a school called the Lionheart School, which is a school that caters specifically to the needs of people on the spectrum. And it's an awesome school, but it's really expensive to attend. And we're just now finally in a position as a family, like sending him there, but way back in his journey, he could have really benefited from that. So I think a really cool thing to do would be able to stand up more schools like Lionheart that would be like completely free. So the same expertise, same level of, of service and commitment, and all that, but like the students who, who attend and the families who, who send their kids there can do it at a very, very, very like subsidized rate, you know, or if not free, because there's, uh, I think the last stat was like one in 45 kids are diagnosed with autism today. And so there's a lot of kids around here who need that kind of help, but 
and, and, and even adults on the spectrum who, who need that kind of support and don't have it. So that's a, um, that's a big goal of mine. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, man, you can follow me at Aaron P. Woods um, on all channels, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and then you can follow PodPal at PodPal on those same channels. Uh, we, are, we are at PodPal Inc. on some channels, but if you put in PodPal, we'll come up. 